Hey, this is Ashlyn Beagley, and you are listening to All My Life, a podcast all about what it really means to follow Jesus and make disciples. Because once we have encountered the living God and been set free from our sin, everything else radically shifts for all of our life. Hi, welcome back to the podcast. <laughs> Today, I'm with one of my best friends, Annalie, hey. and I asked her to record a podcast episode with me literally at the end of last semester because I felt like the Lord was telling me that I needed to do one on anxiousness and spiraling <laughs> thoughts and all of that good stuff. Mm -hmm. And Annalie popped into my mind and I felt like the Holy Spirit was like, ask Annalie to do this with you because she has so much wisdom to bring to the table on this. And she literally loves the Lord so much and I love her so much. And we just saw each other this morning for the first time since like May and I tagged her and it was great. And you guys get to hear her speak now. Oh my gosh. Thanks for doing this with me. Oh my gosh, (laughs) Ashlyn, of course, you're amazing. But yeah, so we're just going to have a conversation about anxiousness and spiraling thoughts and what the Bible says about that and what science says about that and why the heck we want to talk about this. Mm -hmm. So I thought that maybe a good way to kind of just start this is to talk about a little bit of what we went through last school year um, and just how the two of us were each dealing with some anxiety and some spiraling thoughts so that we can just relate to you a little bit if you're listening to this right now and you're dealing with a lot of anxiousness and feeling like you can't control your thoughts because we've both been there multiple Mm -hmm. times and we just want to share what the Lord has taught us about that and what freedom can look like in that if you're willing to take the steps if you're Mm -hmm. willing to recognize that so Annalie, would you yeah. want to kind of just talk a little bit on that? Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I this is a subject that I am, um, I guess, well-educated on because it was a super painful season of my life last year. Um, the way that I realized that I struggled with toxic thought patterns was because during quarantine, I had to quarantine away from all of my friends. I had just gotten back from a discipleship program. I was with community all summer. I get back, I have to quarantine for two weeks and I'm alone for two weeks. And for those of you who struggle with anxiety, for those of you who struggle with um, just the battle in your minds, you know that that is a dangerous place to be alone um, for extended amounts of time. And I wasn't Um, in God's word. I was not seeking God's word at all during that time. And so it was very, it bred a environment of um, loneliness and um, just a lot of toxic thought patterns took root in that time. Um, And so going into the semester after being alone for two weeks straight um, was just bad. I expected perfection for the semester. I had a lot of expectations for myself that were impossible to meet. Um, And I've always struggled with anxiety. Like it's always been something that I've struggled with. Um, But the severity of it had never been um, as heightened as it was last year. And so 
um, it took um, some of my loving community to point this out in my life um, to say that I actually did need help. And that's something that I hated to admit. I didn't want help, but um, I actually did desperately need help. And it was okay to admit that. It was okay that I um, did not know what, where to go whenever I would recognize these toxic thought patterns. Um, and so for me, what it actually looks like to have like a toxic thought pattern um, is simply, it starts from a, it could be a good thought. It could be a good thought, um, a small, small thought of, oh, wow, I'm, I don't know. Like what's, what, what would you say like is an example of like a thought that could end up being? Honestly, I think a lot of my really toxic thoughts stem from me thinking about what other people might be thinking about yeah. me. That's one that's really common for me. Yeah. Um, so literally anything about myself or specifically with like ministry or anything yep. like that. I think about what this person is probably thinking of it yeah. and then it can spiral really quickly. Yeah. Yeah. I totally agree. I think a lot of it comes from like, if you notice that whenever I keep talking about this, it's a lot of me, 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 me. And I was very self-focused. I was very concerned with the opinions of others. I was very concerned with um, myself, things that were inconvenient for me, things that were hard for me. And I was not focusing on the Lord at all. Yeah. Um, and Romans 8, 6 is very clear um, whenever it says that to set the mind on the flesh is death, but to set the mind on the spirit is life and peace. And that's something that I just hadn't realized. Um, and so once I actually did seek out help, um, my discipler at the time, Katie, she's amazing. She lovingly pointed me to um, not only scripture, but um, to prayer, to go to battle um, for my mind in this area, um, to seek God's word, what he says about how to fight these toxic thought patterns. Um, because a lot of it stemmed from things from whenever I was like younger, whenever I was growing up. Um, but the majority of it, the theme of it was I was not abiding in the Lord. I was not um, setting my, my mind on the spirit. I was setting mm -hmm. my mind very much on the flesh. And so scripture says that that is death. And so I was, it was exhausting. It was emotionally taxing um, to always be constantly concerned with myself, opinions of others. The fact that I could never um, live up to the expectation that I had set or others had set for me. And so a big people pleaser. Um, so when I can't please others, it's like the biggest deal. Um, but I, the issue was I was was what I wasn't seeking to please the Lord at all, and so once I started to get help, um, she pointed me to Jenny Allen, who is a lot more educated on this than I am. But um, Jenny Allen talks a lot about how um, this is very much war language in the Bible. Like whenever God talks about thoughts, He uses war language, and um, yeah, it's a war that's being waged on us daily and yeah. there's action to take. And so like Ashlyn talked about at the beginning, it's like being willing to take the steps that are necessary to find freedom in this area. Um, and once I finally did, 
man, God, God did his work. Mm. Yeah, another thing that we kind of talked about right before we started recording is, like, if you are abiding in the Lord and you're trusting him and you're trying to surrender this to Mm -hmm. him and it feels like you're doing the right things, but you're still anxious, like, Mm -hmm. why, why would that happen? Why would he allow that to happen to you? And Mm-hmm. I loved what you said about that whenever we were talking about that mm, before yeah. we started recording. Yeah, it's, you know, it's easy to feel um, very, like, alone in that. And that's a very, like, valid question to ask. But um, we kind of have to see, okay, what are we up against? Like, what, there's so much scripture on how to combat this, but what is, like, what is our enemy in this sense? And it is Satan. Satan mm-hmm. Um, it is very clear in scripture. John 10, 10 says that the enemy comes to steal, kill, and destroy. That is his sole purpose. Um, he wants to steal our joy. He wants to steal um, ultimately our attention away from the Lord um, and to set it on ourselves. He wants to steal, kill, and destroy. And so whenever we know that that's what we're up against, when we have the spirit of God living inside of us, that is still a battle. Like we're not freed from that. Um, but Jesus gives us his word to find freedom in those battles, um, to have an escape. Um, Mm -hmm. I can't remember the verse, but, um, there's scripture that blatantly says that Jesus provides a way for us to escape Mm -hmm. temptation. Yeah. It is very clear that there is a way to escape temptation. Um, and there's a way to find freedom in that. And so when we know what we're up against, um, it's, it's easier to say, okay, this is actually a battle and I actually need to take action. Um, And so something else that's very cool is that science and scripture actually align on this subject, which is kind of crazy, but um, science has proven that 80% of our thoughts are negative and 95% of them are repetitive. And so whenever we know that fact, it's like, okay, easier to rec- easier to recognize them in our lives of, am I actually thinking all of these thoughts that are negative? Are these actually repetitive in my life? It's easier to recognize them and then recognizing, okay, how can I combat those? How can I yeah. take those thoughts captive? You know? Yeah. Because scripture literally, like every time it talks about our thoughts, it's like giving us the command to like, do not be anxious, take every thought mm-hmm. captive even um, something that I thought of would be Philippians one twenty seven mm. is the verse where it says, only let your manner of life be worthy of the gospel of Christ. Mm-hmm. And like the way that we think, what is consuming all of our thoughts, that will literally shape and affect our entire lives. Like the things that you think day in, day out, when you wake up in the morning, when you go throughout your day, like how you think is how you live. Mm-hmm. And so to live in a manner that is worthy of the gospel literally starts with your thoughts and it's like Paul knows this and all throughout the New Testament it is so clear Mm -hmm. that this is so important and as we were kind of talking about like why would this be happening to me if like if I am reading scripture and I am abiding in the Lord and if I do trust him why would he allow this and like Annalise said you have to remember who you're up against and I think really the last kind of phase or period because like we live in a broken world and we are not here to tell you that like, oh, once you listen to this podcast and you practice <laughs> these things, you will never be anxious again. Like <laughs> that's simply not true. Um, and if I look at last semester, this last spring semester, 
there was a period of probably six to eight weeks where it was like that and I was so so anxious Mm -hmm. and my aunt Kim actually helped me to identify that as spiritual warfare whenever I was in a place where I was really confused as to is this just my sin is this Satan attacking me like what is this and like all these really confusing thoughts and questions in my head as to what I was even dealing with and so to let her in and let her help me through that she Mm -hmm. really did help me map out like hey you are up against Satan and he's attacking you in this because I think I've talked about this on here before there was literally a period of one week where it was like the Lord made it very clear that I was going to study abroad this fall and within like a 24-hour period I withdrew the application and said okay God I trust you and then he opened this door for ministry and this door for ministry and made this super clear. And it was like so exciting, all these things that he was laying out for me in ministry and just like, wow, God, you're so good. And then literally it was Sunday night of the following week where there was a trigger. And this is something in my life that has been a trigger for anxiety before. And it was like literally all at once starting that night. I was so, so anxious. And Satan literally, like Annalie said, we have an enemy who hates us and he has come to steal and kill and destroy. And he wants to make you feel helpless and unlovable and overwhelmed and unequipped and like out of control. And those are like all of the thoughts that I was feeling. But at the same time, like we said, those are all thoughts about self. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that this can be a little tricky to talk about because especially like when it feels like you're out of control and you can't control these things, it doesn't feel like you're being self-centered. It doesn't feel like you're focusing on yourself. It just feels like you can't help this. You can't stop this. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think that scripture is pretty clear on this. Mm-hmm. And even like science and research literally shows that our self-centeredness, our natural just focus on ourselves and how am I feeling and what is everyone thinking about me and this and this and this is a major role if not being the root cause Mm -hmm. in all of our anxiety Mm -hmm. is just that lack of humility and that feeling like we lack the ability to focus on God and to focus on truth and focus on scripture and so Mm -hmm. kind of a big chunk of what we wanted to talk about today is like addressing that truth Mm -hmm. and then okay what are some steps that you can actually take Mm -hmm. to fight this and with that being said you have like you have to be willing to take the steps to fight this Mm -hmm. if you want to because Like you said, Annalie, it's literally a battle. Like mm-hmm. the terminology that we hear around this in scripture is like warfare. Like mm-hmm. there's war going on. There's a battle. We are on this side of heaven mm-hmm. and we're just going to have to have the tools and the steps to fight this. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. we literally have those. And so we want to talk about, you know, what that can look like. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and it, the truth is, is yes, you do need to be like willing to admit that you need help. Um, and in that comes your recognition of a need for a savior. Like we are mm. all in need of a savior. And um, that can be a very offensive thing to hear. 
Um, but it can also bring so much hope of yeah. like just understanding the gospel simply of the fact that we are in need of a savior. And while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. So like understanding the gospel and understanding our place in the gospel of I am helpless without God. Like I'm helpless. I cannot, I am nothing without God. And um, I was not able to fulfill the law. I am not perfect. I am not able to do that. Mm -hmm. And so Jesus said that he would do that for me. And um, in that he is more glorified whenever I'm preaching the gospel to myself daily uh, because Mm -hmm. I'm constantly recognizing my need for a savior because I am in (laughs) here's a disclaimer. I am no expert. Um, I literally was praying about this yesterday because I was struggling with so much anxiety um, and I wasn't submitting it to the Lord. And whenever Mm -hmm. I finally did, um, he was like, Hey, like, let me just remind you of the simple gospel of the fact that you, like, I know that you're helpless. Like I know that you need me and I want, like, I'm jealous for your heart. I'm jealous for your thoughts. I want your thoughts to be centered on me, not just because like, it is life and peace, but simply because he is more glorified in that. And so um, God is, John Piper said this, but God is way more glorified in us when we are most satisfied in him. Mm. And so whenever I'm satisfied in God, whenever I'm actually satisfied in him, I'm not thinking of the approval of others. I'm not thinking about Mm. myself constantly. And let me tell you, that is a daily battle, hourly battle, Mm -hmm. hourly surrender, hourly repentance and confession. Um, and just the way that that's looked in my life, actual steps to take towards that freedom, um, has simply been, there's a lot of steps, but scripture (laughs) memory, um, has been huge. And that's a discipline that I had to do. Like I had to take those steps. Um, and what that looks like for me, I have a little box and I have, um, like a little Monday and Tuesday tab, Wednesday, Thursday tab, Friday, Saturday, and a Sunday tab. And I have verses that target specific thought patterns that I have. Mm. Um, and I let my mind be renewed. Um, Ephesians 4, 22 through 23, I think talks about, um, how we are to put off our old self, which is, which belongs to our former manner of life and is corrupt through deceitful desires and to be renewed in the spirit of our minds, putting Mm. on the new flesh, putting on the new self, Um, that is created after the likeness of God and true righteousness and holiness. And so I have that promise. I'm able to do that. And so how do I do that? Through scripture, through God's word, letting my mind be renewed um, through things that are true. Because I think a a thing that I struggle with is actually identifying, okay, what am I thinking of that actually isn't true? And most of the time it's not like I am thinking of all these people, like I walk into a room, I'm automatically anxious. Oh my gosh, all these people are thinking that I look weird. Oh, they don't want me here. They're questioning my intentions. They're, you know, all these things. Mm. And it's like, that's not true. Yeah. Like that's that's ultimately mm. just not true. And so it's like recognizing that thought, getting to the root of why am I anxious? Recognizing the thought, that is not true. What is true? Like, what am I not believing about God right now? Yeah. You know, that's so helpful, too, because when it comes to especially thinking about, like, what are all these people thinking of me? Mm -hmm. Like, instead of just saying, oh, stop thinking about yourself, Ashlyn, just Mm -hmm. stop. Like, is that actually true, though? Are they actually thinking of you? Mm -hmm. Literally, last semester, 
I was sitting in a coffee shop with one of my best friends, Gracie, and I was letting her in. And when I say letting her in, I don't mean vaguely like I am struggling with anxiety right now. I meant like I'm struggling with anxiety in this, 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 and this, and I'm pinning them all onto this and I can't change that. And so therefore I can't get out of this and like letting her into like the details. And she just looked at me and she was like, Ashlyn, you are imposing your inner critic on everyone else. Mm. And that like, she just was like, I can't like imagine the bondage of that, like to impose your inner critic on everyone. And in reality, like that's not even true. Like they aren't thinking Mm. this. Um, And then as you were talking about that verse in Ephesians, I thought of Romans 12, one through two as well. Like these go hand in hand. It says, I appeal to you, therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. Then verse two, do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind, that by testing you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. And so I Oh, I literally love how it says, like, do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind. So, like, that means that it's actually possible. Yeah. Like, he wants us to be renewed. But then, it's, like, before it even says that, it says to present ourselves as a living sacrifice. Mm-hmm. And so it's not like you can just be, like, renewed and transformed without putting in the work. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like offer yourselves as a living sacrifice mm-hmm. to God like live for him and then be transformed Mm -hmm. by the renewal of your mind right because ultimately that is only work that god can do Mm -hmm. um and it's like recognizing the god that we serve like if we have a relationship with him if he is savior and lord of our lives if we submit to his will we submit to his lordship and we have his spirit living inside of us like that is possible like all these things are possible Mm um and Freedom is possible. Freedom is made possible in that. Like we are now safe. Um, We are hidden in Christ now. So we are now safe. And we are able to bring these things to him and say, God, like I don't want to be thinking these things. I don't want to be so consumed with myself. Like I got to a point where I was genuinely so exhausted with thinking about myself so much. Mm. And it was coming from like a pure heart of like, I, I want to be able to gaze upon the beauty of who you are. I want to inquire in your temple. Like I want to do these things. But I literally cannot because I am so consumed with myself. Oh, my gosh. Yes. You know, I like whenever I am dealing with a lot of anxiety, I swear the easiest place for Satan to attack me is right when I wake up in the mornings. Mm-hmm. Like I wake up and this has been a reoccurring theme in my life. When something is hard, I wake up. It's the first thing I think of. Mm-hmm. And it's like habit for me. Mm-hmm. And Satan loves to attack me first thing in the morning. As someone who loves mornings, I love mornings. I love waking up, making my <laughs> coffee, spending time with the Lord. But literally last semester, there was that period of time where I would wake up and I would try to spend time with the Lord in my apartment. And I literally couldn't focus because I was so anxious and I was so like these thoughts were Mm -hmm. like repeatedly just going through my mind and I couldn't even focus on scripture in front of me. And I would have to like get out of my apartment Mm -hmm. and go work out or go to a coffee shop or something. And like just because I felt like I couldn't escape. And I was so mm-hmm. like trying to focus on the things of the Lord, but so prone to just think of myself. And so like with that, there were some things like the first thing that we want to say to you as you're listening to this is to dwell on the word of God. Like mm-hmm. Annalie has kept saying, like, go to scripture. She's like out, she's spinning scripture out over here that she knows because this is what she's done. And she has this 
box where she's memorizing scripture to specifically combat the things in her head. And so like that literally is the number one thing we want to tell you to do. But along with that, there are also like other things that are really important, Mm -hmm. Um, really basic things like are you like are you sleeping enough? Are you eating nutritious food? Mm -hmm. Are you like going on walks or working out like for me, like to get out of my apartment in the morning? Sometimes I would wake up and I literally couldn't focus on the word of God because my mind was spinning so much. But sometimes if I went to the gym and I just got in a 30 minute workout and then came back, like that would literally clear my head because Mm -hmm. I would be releasing endorphins and I would have mental clarity and I could come back and spend time with the Lord. And like that is okay. Mm -hmm. It's okay to have that as like a method for coping with this. And then along with that, something that we talked about before we started recording is cognitive behavioral therapy and that sounds really sciencey um but basically this is something that i have learned about a little bit and it's something that i have done before without even realizing that this is this really scientifically backed coping mechanism and basically cbt or cognitive behavioral therapy is just like looking for patterns and themes in your thoughts and your behaviors and then changing the thought pattern and changing the behavior. And like we literally have the ability to change the way that our minds think. Mm -hmm. And whenever we do that, especially through like this sort of like cognitive behavioral therapy, we're changing our thought patterns. We're literally changing like the physical makeup of our brains. Like, Mm -hmm it literally has to change to where our default is no longer anxiety, but our default is now to think on scripture and to think on Christ and to have peace. Mm -hmm. Like if you're listening to this, I just want you to know that peace can be your default. Mm -hmm. And that might sound like super like unattainable. um, But something that I felt like the Lord was saying to me last semester Um, even with this is just like with every ounce of my being I can work to think of Christ Mm. and as you do that and as you're creating these new patterns like your mind will change and the things that you're thinking about naturally will change and it's Mm. the same with behaviors like Mm. if you have you know like toxic behaviors that you feel like you can't escape from like it's the exact same thing like recognizing those and interrupting them and it's not going to be this immediate like oh I recognize this and like now it's it's all fixed like it's a um a process and a journey but yeah I just wanted to Mm -hmm. bring that up and like with that like google it cognitive behavioral therapy honestly and um see if like there's a therapist that you can go to who will help you with this Mm -hmm. and um One other thing just along with that is something that is so helpful to me whenever it comes to dealing with anxiousness and spiraling thoughts. Mm -hmm. And this has been helpful to me for years without even super realizing what I was doing. But that is just um, having coping statements of truth. Mm -hmm. So we have scripture, right? We are talking about all these different verses, all these different places in scripture where maybe specifically Paul or Jesus is talking about anxiousness and do not be anxious. And these are awesome, like dwell on these. But then it's also really good to actually have 
some coping statements of truth to be repeating to yourself to write down. And this has been super helpful to me. So I just recommend if you maybe talk to a therapist or talk to someone who can help you through this, ask them for some statements of truth to just whenever your head is spinning to help you actually like go back to truth and literally statements as simple as my feelings are not facts. Like that simple is so helpful to me or um, like recognizing, okay, I have two choices here as my thoughts are starting to spiral. I can chase a feeling of certainty that never comes or I can choose to move forward through the uncertainty because at least for me, I, a lot of times it's like, okay, I want um, a resolution. I need to fix this in my head before I'm allowed to move on. And that's just not the case. Um. But yeah, having kind of those coping statements has been really helpful to me. And um, I would definitely just recommend like looking into that a little bit. I literally remember at one point last semester sitting on my bed and it was like this thought just popped into my head all of a sudden. And I was like, hmm, I think Satan is lying to me. Mm-hmm. And I wrote it down and it literally like I would go back to even that like simple phrase that I feel like the Holy Spirit like put in my head where it's like, Ashlyn, the devil is lying to you right now. Just because you're thinking this doesn't mean it's true. Um, and so, yeah, that was a little bit of a tangent, but looking into cognitive behavioral therapy could be extremely helpful if you're wanting a really practical next step in mm-hmm. this. You're right. And I, that is something that I have been actually doing um, as well. And it has been super helpful and it's recommended by so many Um, people that I admire, look up to, um, like Jenny Allen, Jonathan Pakluda. Mm -hmm. There are so many podcasts, um, that they have that you could totally look into, listen to that are also helpful as well. Um, but it's also backed up by the word of God. So it's like, that is where we get these things from, um, ultimately. And so there's comfort to find in that, but also something that, was hard for me, like I said at the beginning, was admitting that I needed help. Mm. Um, So you might be sitting, listening to this, recognizing, oh man, this is actually something that I have struggled with for a long time. Or like, if not, that's okay. You don't need to be constantly seeking for like, oh man, am I I struggling with this? Am I not struggling with this? Mm -hmm. Like if it's something that the Lord has revealed to you, he desires for you to submit it to him. And so I, once I finally recognized I needed help, it took a few months, like months for me to actually have the desire to seek out help genuinely. Mm-hmm. Um, and so something that God continued to teach me though, was um, that he is my wonderful counselor. And so um, my discipler advised that I, start getting professional help. And I was like, that sounds wonderful. Like that sounds such a, like such a good idea. Um, and so this was after she had invited all of my circle to come and pray over me. Um, and that's when I started to see actual life change and actual, um, freedom come from these things in my mind that had been enslaved to for so long. Um, and so, Um, but I, so I started looking for counselors and I was like, no one is open. No one can take me all these things, but I hadn't like consulted the word of God at all. I was just like, 
okay, I'm just going to go get help. Mm-hmm. And like, I hadn't gone to God. Um, and so they prayed for me. I tried to find a counselor, couldn't find one really discouraged. And then God was kindly like, Hey, like I ultimately, I am the only one that can heal you from this. Like I am the only one that can genuinely help you. Like I have sent a better helper. Like the Holy spirit is a better helper. And so, um, I had to recognize that. And so that's whenever I started doing cognitive behavioral therapy with scripture memory. Mm. Um, and it took a little bit to recognize, okay, where are these things that are reoccurring? Where are these thoughts that are reoccurring? Um, how often are they reoccurring? Is it daily? Is it like a ton every day? Like, I don't know. And so once I recognized those things, it was like, okay, that's whenever I was able to find scripture to combat those things. And so I started to seek God's help. Um, and then that's whenever I truly started to believe, okay, God is my wonderful counselor. Like he is my wonderful counselor. Mm. And so I think he wanted me to find refuge. He wanted me to find a counselor in him and then go seek help. That, that was just specific to my situation. Um, yours could be totally different. Um, but that's just what I went through. And I recently just started going to counseling for this. Um, and it, I've only been to one session, but it was already so, so helpful. Mm. Um, and I see, how um, God used the timing in between when I recognized I needed help and when I actually got professional help. Um, He used that timing to recognize my need for him Mm -hmm. and um, how much I truly do need to be reliant on him and not myself. And so, um, yeah. Yeah, that's really awesome. And I think that I think that it's really cool, especially in our generation, this sort of like stigma around counseling and Mm. seeking professional help and like that kind of thing is kind of going away, which is amazing because I think that like seeking out that kind of help too, like that is so wise. Mm -hmm. And if that's what you need to do for healing and transformation and all of that, then like absolutely do that. That's so wonderful. Mm-hmm. Um, and thank you for sharing all of that too, Emily. <laughs> um, but yeah, so of course, something else that I kind of thought about with, um, I think a lot of us, the reason that our thoughts will kind of spiral is the question of what if. Mm-hmm. Um, and as I've, as I've really fallen more and more in love with the Lord, and He's taught me to shift my fixation from myself. And from the approval of man, those what-if questions just don't seem as big and scary anymore. But whenever I do have them, it'll typically be like, what if they're thinking this about me? What if I get rejected again? What if this happens with my family? What if I never get married? And like, I think sometimes, you know, going down those rabbit trails can be more harmful than helpful Mm -hmm. when it comes to, you know, what you're thinking about. But sometimes it's like, okay, well, what if, well, can I still know the Lord on a deep level? And can I still do ministry with my life? Mm -hmm. Yes. Okay. Do these thoughts line up with God's character and do these thoughts line up with what he's told me to actually think of? Mm -hmm. Like, yes or no, do I need to be thinking about this? But, Mm -hmm. you know, ultimately like, if I actually do continue, like, if I answer the what if, the what if, the what if, like, the more 
that I am seeking out the Lord and fixing my gaze on him, the more I am realizing like when Jesus talks about anxiety in Matthew 6 and he's saying, do not be anxious. And he's listing all of these worldly things that we get so caught up in and so anxious. And that's literally like anxiousness and these thoughts like a fixation on ourselves and self-centeredness, self-centeredness, like those are the thoughts that consume the minds of non-believers. And Jesus has something so much better for us. And in Matthew 6, specifically in verse um, 33, it says, but seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things will be added to you. And so a lot of the times with like these what if questions, it's like, what if I don't get this in life? Or what if I don't get that? Or like specifically a question, like, what if I don't get married? And like Jesus literally says, but seek first the kingdom of God. Like, mm-hmm. don't worry about that. Like seek first my kingdom and seek first doing ministry. And remember, like Satan wants to keep mm-hmm. you from like specifically from ministry and specifically from being fruitful for the kingdom of God. And so he's going to do everything that he can to distract you from that and make you feel unequipped to like do ministry with your life in whatever capacity that is. But literally Jesus says like prioritize the kingdom, like prioritize that in your life, humble yourselves, imitate the way that I'm living. And then too, all of these things will be added to you. So like seek the most important thing. And as you do that, he's going to shape your desires and the things that you want and the things that you think about and care about the most, like he will shape those and then he like he delights in giving his children the desires of their hearts. Like for me, like if we're talking about like marriage being like one thing that sometimes like has been a thought for this, it's like, well, what if I don't get married? Okay, like can I still do ministry with my life? Can I still live a satisfying life? Absolutely. And like I believe that the Lord will delight in giving me a husband someday. But if he doesn't, how much greater will my reward be in heaven? Because I have chosen to sought after him and seek to prioritize the kingdom rather than my own desires and wants here. And I know that like if someday I get to heaven and I didn't get married, which I don't think that's going to be the case at all. Like I truly believe that the Lord wants me to get married and he wants to like fulfill that desire in my life. But if it doesn't happen, I know that I still will live such a satisfying life because the most satisfying thing I've ever experienced has been ministry and walking with him. And when I get to heaven and I'm in the literal presence of God, I'm not going to be like, God, why didn't you give me a husband? Mm-hmm. You know? And it's like, <laughs> whenever he, we don't get the, these things on earth and he's like, what ifs that consume us because we don't have an eternal mindset, like how much greater will our, our reward be in heaven? Because like, mm. we're talking about eternity here. And I don't know, that's just honestly really encouraging to me. Mm-hmm. But yeah, so I guess as we kind of wrap this up a little bit, yeah. um, some things that we could reflect on a little bit would maybe be like, that first, know that Annalie and I, were coming from a place of compassion here. So whenever we're talking about like self-centeredness and our sin and all of that, like we literally are coming not from this place of judgment <laughs> and like, look at your sin and blah, 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 but like literally so much compassion because this is what the Lord has revealed to us about right. our sin and our lives and like how to combat this. Right. Um, but then from there, like, please just like dwell on the word of God, um, seek out help, let people in, take care of yourself with like your basic physical needs. Mm-hmm. Um, 
even like social media we didn't talk about that but like get off of your phone and like go outside and stop checking your instagram likes and like all of those things like that's honestly really huge and that could be a whole nother topic um but like seek to actively do these things because if you recognize anxiousness in your life and yet you don't take steps um, toward healing, like you can't expect it mm-hmm. to get better, but there are steps that you can take. And we just want to encourage you with that. Yeah. Yeah. And if you're like me, I like to listen to podcasts and have like specific takeaways. And so um, I thought that I could just give you guys some verses to start memorizing. Um yes on what God (laughs) desires for our thoughts, what God desires for our lives, what his word literally says is true about this subject. And so the first one is going to be Galatians 2.20, which says, I've been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who lives, but Christ who lives in me. The life I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. And the beauty in that is that Um, Jesus knew that we would never be able to reach the standard of perfection that the law um, said to upkeep. Um, That is literally what um, the Pharisees spent their whole lives striving for. Um, And it was empty. It was, it was unsatisfying. It was empty. It was sad. And um, Jesus literally took our place. So he was the perfect um, um, sacrifice for us. He satisfied the wrath of God. He took our place. So now our, our flesh has been crucified with Christ. And so it is no longer I who lives, but Christ who lives in me. So we have that beautiful promise of, we can rest in that. We can rest peacefully in that simple truth. Um, and then another verse is Romans eight, six. Um, and it says for to set the mind on the flesh is death but to set the mind on the spirit is life and peace. And I literally have that as my home screen. Like it is so real. Like I set my mind on my flesh so much. Um, And it takes a constant surrender, a constant submission of, okay, I want to set my mind on things that are better. I want to set my mind on things that are true. I want to set my mind on things that are true of the character of God. Um, Ephesians 4, 22 through 24, um, which I've already said all of these, but Ephesians 4, 22 through 24 says um, to put off the old self, which belongs to your former manner of life and um, is corrupt through deceitful desires and to be renewed in the spirit of your mind, to put on the new self, which belongs to you or which is created after the likeness of God and true righteousness and holiness. Um, And then second Corinthians 10, three through six says, for though we walk in the flesh, we are not waging war according to the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not of the flesh, but have divine power to destroy strongholds. We destroy arguments and every lofty opinion raised against the knowledge of God and take every thought captive to obey Christ, being ready to punish every disobedience when your obedience is complete. And then John 10, 10, which says, um, I am come that they may have life and that they may have it abundantly. Um, And so... That is the second half. So the first half I mentioned earlier, talking about how the enemy comes to steal, kill, and destroy. But how beautiful of a promise is that Jesus, our chief shepherd, our savior, has come that we might have life abundantly. Mm -hmm. And so our lives are lived and characterized as abundantly when we're living them for his glory and we're more satisfied in him. And so those verses highly recommend, Mm -hmm. like 10 out of 10, so good to to renew your mind with. 
daily. And if you recognize that the enemy tries to attack you right when you wake up, have those bad boys ready when you wake up. Like, yeah. get a box. I'll buy it for you. <laughs> like, I will just, whatever works for you, um, just remain faithful to that spiritual discipline, yeah. and you will reap the benefits of that. Mm. Like, God desires for us to have Scripture men- written on our heart. Um, Psalm 1911, I think, says, um, I have hidden your word in, your, in my heart that I might not sin against you. Mm. Simple as that. And so... Yeah, there's hope. There is freedom to be found. Yes. You're not alone in this. Seek out accountability. Seek out a older, wiser person to speak into this area. Find accountability. Get help. It is okay to not be okay, but it's not okay to stay that way. Mm. <laughs> mm. Yes. God's uh. good. Those are so good. And literally, guys, you couldn't see this, but I could. Annalie is just spitting these out. Like, she has memorized these. And I just want to once again say, like, it is so mm, it is so powerful to actually memorize Scripture because how is the Word of God supposed to dwell in our heart if we write it down and then we can't remember what we mm-hmm. wrote down, you know? And so actually having that spiritual discipline of memorizing Scripture is so amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, with that, we I'm are just – Stop. <laughs> We're just hoping and praying that this podcast was it, that it's really helpful, that it can be a resource, something that you can come back to and maybe yeah. listen through again, write down those references, write down the things that the Lord is telling you to take from this. And I hope that if we said anything that was our opinion or not of the Lord, that you will not even remember that. Yep. Um, but yeah, this is so important. This is something that needs to be addressed. And so we're hoping and praying that this will just be so helpful to you and that you can share this with your friends if they need to hear it, especially as we're going mm-hmm. into a, another semester of craziness mm-hmm. and business. And it's so easy. It is so easy to forget and it's so easy to mm-hmm. like go back to our default of just being fixated on ourselves. And so do everything yeah. in your power to think on Christ mm-hmm. and do these things and... We love you, and Jesus that is all. Is mm. Hey, thanks so much for listening. If you were encouraged by today's episode, I want to ask you to pause, take a screenshot, throw it up on your Instagram story, tag me in it at ashlyn.beagley, and tell me what your favorite part was, tell me what you want to hear more of, and just share it with your friends so that we can get this out to more people and so that I can see what has been encouraging you, what you like what you want to hear more of and then if you want to help me out a little bit more i would love if you would join me in just praying for this podcast praying for this ministry and then also if you want to leave a five-star review and written review on the podcast app that's super helpful thank you so much and i can't wait to dive in to some more episodes with you